0: My name is uh, uh, Steve Spielberg, and I just directed a movie called uh, Jaws, and Jaws is about to uh, be nominated in 11 categories. You're about to see us sweep the nominations. We're very confident at this very moment, and uh, so if we, you all have a seat. Uh, we'll get on with it.
1: Hey. Hey. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Happy Amblin podcast, the premiere podcast Blending and mending the filmographies of Adam Sandler and Steven Spielberg throughout history. One day we hope the the two titans will unite on the big screen for, for our viewing pleasure. But for right now, we're hopping back and forth between their filmographies. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Steven Spielberg's Jaws. A film we already talked about for Shark Week a couple years ago. But I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today as always, is Matt Garingo. Yep. Matt, you once told me Jaws is your favorite movie. And y- then you told me that a bunch more times after that. Yes, it is. Good <laughs> Goodbye.
0: You know, I have seven kids, and they were all growing up. I told them stories every night. I went from room to room to
1: room telling them all different stories. And I do the same thing with a camera group.
0: That was fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, Jaws is great. You know it. We talked about it. And then we talked about three sequels, which were not great, but were fun to talk about most. What a mistake uh, that was. <laughs> no, no. You know what? That's the shortest like retrospective series we've ever done. I'll take it. Yeah,
0: but Yeah, <laughs> that's just that just <laughs> makes it easier for you.
1: It does make it easier for me.
0: I'm talking about, uh, but I, I care about the listeners. Diego.
1: Those are good episodes. That's the recommended
0: to people. Mostly because it takes the bare minimum of effort on my part to make <laughs> quality episodes. <laughs> I basically, no, no, you know what? I have the very low bar of just watching what we're going to talk about.
1: <laughs> well, you got to talk about it, too.
0: Yeah, but that's easy. I love the sound of my own voice.
1: Okay, but you can't just, like, blabber bullshit either, you know? There's effort into there. Yeah, but how would. Yeah,
0: I, I, I bring up every episode we've ever done as evidence against that. That's <laughs> literally all I do. I pivot every episode to be about what I want to discuss. <laughs> Gee, I hope that doesn't happen tonight.
1: Oh, no, of course not. Especially on this episode where we're not actually going to talk about Jaws, um, it's, a, it's a great it's a great movie. It's it's maybe Spielberg's best. Like it, when people tell me they think it's his best, it's not something I really argue against. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're, maybe you're right. <laughs> I don't I don't know. It's it's Jaws. It's the fucking best. Um, on today's episode, uh, we're actually going to talk about Steven Spielberg's directorial television debut. Uh, the night gallery created by Rod Sterling. Uh, and I have to say, recommended by Twitter follower and friend of the show and, uh, welcome patron Andrew Levine. So thank you for recommending that we talk about this because, quite frankly, Matt and I didn't know what to do for a Jaws episode. So we're gonna kind of, I was gonna say bullshit, but I think, I think we're intelligent enough to carry a healthy conversation about the night gallery and, Everything else we want to talk about today. This is definitely going to be a looser episode, which is saying something.
0: Well, Diego, I hate to prove you. I I hate to prove you wrong. Oh no! But now is the time for me to talk about what I planned for this episode.
1: Why do you do this? Before we, I don't even know what, what you're going to say.
0: <laughs> Diego has no idea what I'm about to say. All right, I want to say something to the listeners. So we were struggling to figure out what to do for the Jaws episode. I was willing to just talk about Jaws again. <laughs> but it seemed like a bit of a cheat, you know? And it also would have been confusing for the listeners, you know, the diehards to be like, what? There's two Jaws episodes? That's too confusing. <laughs> we have very little respect for our listeners.
1: That's not what happened. So, <laughs> Don't ta- tell them we, something
0: we, like that. It's only going to get worse, Diego. So we bounced off a couple of ideas, some of which were fun and they sounded nice, but like, would have required a basic effort on our part, <laughs> so we didn't do it. <laughs> and then someone on Twitter, one of our page patrons, I found out what is this person's name again?
1: Andrew Levine.
0: Andrew Levine, who was kind enough to give us money to do this, uh, suggested Night Gallery. And Diego was like, "Yeah, let's just do that." I gotta be honest, Diego. <laughs> I was annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and being told to do Night Gallery. <laughs> Why? Who can really say? <laughs> Sometimes I just get annoyed when people tell me to do things. <laughs> and make constructive suggestions. So, how long ago were we supposed to record this episode?
1: Oh my god, it might have been a month, but th- that's a separate thing. So, that, about a month was... ago...
0: We were supposed to record No, okay, those. there was
1: one week where we delayed, we were like, let's try to figure this out. And then things just kept piling on outside of our control, so we were like, oh no. So, not again. I was, I'm just going to cut to the
0: chase of this. I did not watch the Night Gallery episode. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Joan Crawford, Ossie Davis, Richard Kiley, Roddy McDowell, and Barry Sullivan. Starring in the Night Gallery. I had this really funny idea a couple weeks back that I would just come on and pretend I had seen the Night Gallery episode. (laughs) Because I vaguely remember it. I saw it years ago and I vaguely remember it. So I took no notes and was just going to come on and see if you ever picked up on the fact that I hadn't watched the episode. But then we kept delaying it and I forgot that I had done this. So then today, when I was getting ready, I was I went to go look for my notes. I realized I didn't have any. And frankly, we've delayed this episode too many times. And we kinda have to get it done. So I decided, fuck it, I was just gonna come on and admit to my crimes. So I got nothing, Diego. I got nothing this week.
1: Alright, well thank you for admitting that in the middle of this episode. I appreciate that.
0: Oh no, we're only 7 minutes in.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, 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 it's great, it's great.
0: Um, Night Gallery.
1: I have notes.
0: (laughs) It's the one about the eyes. It's the one about the eyes, right?
1: Eyes, yeah, but I, okay. So, the pack I got, because I had to buy this from Amazon. That's how committed I am to this show. I had to buy this from Amazon because I couldn't even find it anywhere online like to rent, to buy as a single episode.
0: That was the other thing. I was not going to drop money for this.
1: Yeah, no. I wouldn't recommend that, actually. I've got to rent
0: rent Bulletproof tomorrow
1: or whatever the fuck. I I wouldn't recommend this to anybody uh, just out out, out in front. What I would recommend is interviews with Steven Spielberg about Night Gallery. Oh, yeah because uh, there's a lot of interesting history. We talked about it on the uh, the dual episode with Spielberg's um like the whole the producer thing, uh Joan Crawford having to kind of step up for him because the the casting or the the crew behind the camera were giving him a hard time on set cuz he was like 21 or something like that when he got this job and he like nails it. But the problem is Matt, I don't know if you know this, but when you're a 21-year-old, you tend not to be the smartest person ever. And I'm not even calling Steven Spielberg an idiot, but at the time, this is this is a, a paraphrase quote from him, he was, like, devouring a lot of, like, the French New Wave and, like, a lot more experimental European cinema. And so when he got the job to do Night Gallery, he's like, oh, I can do that. In American television on NBC primetime, he was like, I'm going to make a European art film for the Night Gallery pilot.
0: That sounds like a terrible idea.
1: Oh, yeah, no, people were not happy with him about that. Yeah, that's partly you...
0: uh, why I didn't um, want to do this, because honestly, I, I saw the Night Gallery thing years ago, and it left like the, the bare minimum of impression on me.
1: I was shocked that this was a Rod Sterling thing
0: yeah because it's not good night gallery isn't that great i'm sure there's like gems in there i've never found them but i have not seen a majority of night gallery
1: i saw the first two the pack i got came with with three for the, the little pilot right it's like three short stories yeah uh the first one had had a uh, roddy mcdowell
0: yeah yeah that's the the pilot episode i believe is... yeah
1: uh, and i really love him uh <laughs> I grew up with him on Fright Night, though, so that's what I know him as. To see him as like a smug Southern like asshole, it just felt weird to me. <laughs> I was like, "This isn't no, this is wrong."
0: Have you not seen the Planet of the Apes films?
1: Yeah, I have, but okay. like, I don't remember him in them. Wasn't he the monkey? What? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs>
0: was Cornelius and then Caesar.
1: Oh, that's why I don't remember.
0: Jesus, Jesus Christ.
1: I haven't seen the originals in a couple years.
0: You know, uh, when Peter Jackson was gonna... He was gonna do a Planet of the Apes film in, like, the early 90s, I believe. Um, When they tried... Like, they spent, like... Since the 80s, they were trying to, like, reboot it. And he had this, like... I think he was the one who wanted to do Planet of the Apes, but it's the Renaissance. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know what the fuck that was gonna look like, but I think that was the basic pitch. And Peter Jackson went to some executives at 20th Century Fox and was like, Hey, we got Roddy McDowell, he's interested. And the executive went, Who's Roddy McDowell? Aww. And then Peter Jackson was like, Oh, maybe I don't want to do this. (laughs) And then he he went off and made Heavenly Creatures, I believe.
1: A blind spot for me with Peter Jackson. Oh man, it's
0: real good. It's like his one where everyone was like... Because he had done like fucking... Done like meet the feebles and like brain dead which are just like insane <laughs> and then he's like oh, I'm gonna oh do yeah. a, I'm gonna do an art film
1: <laughs> Sardony you must think it very oddly that I enjoy the act of sodomy. you might fall off of God on me but if you try to then you might agree that you enjoy the act of sodomy. I would recommend a lot of Peter Jackson's stuff. Really fun splatter horror madness.
0: No, yeah, it's uh, not. I Meet the Feebles is a very acquired taste. I don't know who I'd recommend Meet the Feebles to. <laughs> would you,
1: Would you say it's like kind of trauma?y Like if you like it's, trauma, it's stuff?
0: very trauma y, and it's 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 a nightmare kind. Of.
1: Please God. I know I've been a <coughs> bad bunny, but if you
0: Nothing make me well again I... is sacred.
1: Meet the, feebles, oh, no. Meet, the Meet, the Meet the feebles! Meet the feebles! is about to be released. On you
0: it's a very uh, disturbing film. I mean, it's a comedy, it's though. not dis- it's a comedy. What is
1: not disturbing and what is unintentionally a comedy is honestly the, this first episode of the Night Gallery. I did. <laughs> I have to be honest, and we're probably not going to spend much time, much more time talking about it right now. Uh, I I was really shocked that it was this bad. Like it, I felt like I had stepped into the Twilight Zone, but it was me as the protagonist discovering like some alternate universe where the Twilight Zone sucked, <laughs> and I. I don't I was I was just so surprised like in in the first the first setup for the the first episode of the Night Gallery it's not even the one Spielberg directed uh, I'll just say really quick uh, his is about someone getting a new pair of eyes from someone in a lot of debt and it's uh it's got some really fancy camera work and it doesn't really like add up to anything it just my, my experience with these first two is just that this kind of a a lull worthy show, the like, New just York... kind of puts you into a lull. Doesn't the doesn't New really... York
0: blackout happen?
1: Yes. Yes. And so, she has to struggle with that for the uh, the duration of the episode and then as the sun comes up at the end, her eyesight goes away and it's supposed to be like, oh, isn't that ironic? But it's like, okay, but, like, why? And so, the ba- basically, both of these episodes have, like, this, they try to build this weird thriller tension.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then... It just doesn't work. I, I don't know if it's like a mismatch of the material or the material is not good. Um, it might be both. And uh, there's always a shocking revelation at the end. And the shocking revelation isn't just isn't really shocking. It's just like it just happens and then the episode ends. And I'm left with like I could have been watching the Twilight Zone. So.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that, that's too bad.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a shame. It, it, I don't know. I have heard there are good episodes of Night Gallery. I just haven't seen them. Um, but it's also, I think, not easy to, as you mentioned, it's not really easy to get a hold of anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not really streaming anywhere. And I've, you know, I'm not nostalgic. for Like I was when the Twilight Zone, when the complete Twilight Zone went to DVD, I bought it because it's the fucking Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah yeah but I haven't seen anything I'm not like nostalgic for Night Gallery.
1: Oh, here's how fucked up the distribution is for Night Gallery. They have every episode of all three seasons available on Amazon Prime. I know except for this pilot episode that I needed to
0: watch.-hmm
1: that was not included. I, who decided that? <laughs> like I don't understand these decisions. I guess because it was like technically a television movie. But that's so weird.
0: That is odd. I think that is part of it. Um, but it's also weird. I mean, I, you know what? I'm also running into this problem with. Uh, I just started the new Creep Show streaming series. Um, and there's something about it where Creep Show really works because it, it's all kind of just George Romero and Stephen King, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the show, it's um, different writers and then different directors every episode. and it creates this really uneven feeling. <laughs> um, which and it's also it's doubly odd that Creep show does this thing where the each episode is actually two stories. Huh? So it makes it even more uneven, frankly. <laughs> like you don't even get that reset at the end. Of the story where you're like oh well that was something And then you can watch something else It's like you get two stories and sometimes they're very different Than each other they don't really complement each other Very well
1: Huh that that Uh, sounds very odd
0: To anyone who's seen it I really like the one with the head (laughs) I can't tell if you're being serious Um, No I am serious I really like that one The ending was kind of like eh But um, Really really smart setup. For a story.
1: Well, you know what? I, I do like about these... Um, you still haven't
0: seen Creepshow, have
1: you? No. Jesus Christ. You tra- know what? I will watch it... Fucker. ...the moment we're done recording. Okay, there you go. I will put it on. I will tweet about it so you know I'm, I'm I'm being for real.
0: Yeah. We live in an age where we're all desperate to leave our mark on the universe and the only way we can do it is by tweeting everything we're doing all the time. <laughs>
1: That's how you let people know that you have a life. Yeah, and they validate you, so you can get that good sweet hit of serotonin. Oh yeah, oh, give me that, oh, yeah.
0: give me that fucking serotonin. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, that, give that's me that. why
1: I'll never be happy again. Too Come many on. of my tweets got popular at random times, mm-hmm. and I just I've been chasing that high. <laughs>
0: got to chase that dragon, man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'll just be desperately tweeting at three in the morning. Like something, let something let let one shit post like gain mm-hmm. notoriety. Let Drill retweet me.
0: All the tweets that of mine that have ever gotten popular are ones that I hate. So,
1: <laughs> well, I hate everything I tweet.
0: That usually helps. That's probably yeah. You know what that helps too. <laughs> There's an intense amount of self loathing going on. I'm I'm desperately trying to tweet stuff that gets zero likes, as you can tell. That's the high I'm Make a chasing. hard
1: right into, like, conservative Twitter?
0: No, no, because that's very easy to get likes on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the uh, that's why there's such a strong presence, because that's why the resistance also fucking sucks. Because <laughs> it's all people being like, oh, Donald's going down this week, and a bunch of people like it, because that's what we desperately want to happen. <laughs> and then nothing happens, because Nancy Pelosi won't fucking do anything. <laughs>
1: No, but she sarcastically clapped at him one time, so she's a queen.
0: Nancy Pelosi, first of her name.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, no, fuck you. Fuck off. I saw that that tweet going around. Fuck
0: off. We live in hell. (laughs) This is hell. You realize, though, part of the reason why Night Gallery might not have worked for us is because we are living in an episode of Night Gallery. It's not good enough to be an episode of The Twilight Zone.
1: Fuck. That's, fucking, that's fucked
0: up. The fucking game show guy is running the country, and like the planet is literally on fire, and all we can do is go. Should we do something? No. No. We
1: can't. We can't do anything because then we'd be breaking rules that are established to keep people in power. Yeah. People You're that do not have our best interests at heart or mind. You're saying Tesla
0: Motors isn't <laughs> invested in my future?
1: Well, they send a car to space. I feel like that kind of answers the question.
0: So they are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that sucks a lot. Things were bad.
0: <laughs> so stupid. That's why horror well, anthologies are coming back. It's the only way we can process this shit. What's your take?
1: Well, I like that all these horror anthology shows are popping up again. Because even if, like, to be honest, I'm not watching all of them. I just think it's kind of neat. Because then I mean, you just let directors come in and kind of, like, stretch their genre muscles. And, like, hey, this would be fun. And, like, let's see what we could do with, like, a werewolf story over here. Or, like, oh, I don't know. Something about, like, uh, like the, the Mexican immigrant experience over here. I think Blumhouse just did something like that. That was apparently, like, really good that I haven't seen. So... I'm gonna check that out on Hulu when I get a chance, but I don't know. I just think that's really neat because it's harder to get movies made mm-hmm. right now. So that's, yeah, t- TV's kind of uh, interesting. It's in an interesting place right now, and I don't know. I just think that's kind of nice to appreciate.
0: TV's in a very, very interesting place, especially with streaming. But good thing we can trust Netflix to handle all this well. <laughs> hey, Netflix. Where the fuck is the Irishman playing? <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! I just want to see the Irishman. God damn it. I'm well, fucking. You'll I, be able to see
1: it on yeah, your
0: computer or
1: television at home.
0: Fuck that! I'm going to a theater. God damn it! Why is the Joker being projected projected in seventy millimeter? That's so weird. What is? Was it shot on seventy millimeter? No,
1: it was no. shot like an Ari Alexa. Then
0: why is it being projected on 70 millimeter?
1: I don't know, but okay. Here's here's the thing. Why like, is it on IMAX? An IMAX? <laughs> yeah, an IMAX. I get you know, like I, I'm not gonna ever watch that movie. This is this is coming out after uh, LA Comic Con, but we will I, be I was basically we will be in my, the seventh my on the Joker.
0: We will be in seventh stage of Joker discourse by the time this episode drops.
1: Yeah, no, no. I've been, I've been really good because I haven't tweeted out a single thought about like the actual movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm feeling good about that. But no, it's, it's bad. Um, <laughs> but, but like generally, like I don't, like I'm really looking forward to Gemini Man. Oh shit! I'm supposed to watch that tonight. Anyways, um, I, I like wait wait, 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 wait. You,
0: you're gonna watch Gemini Man over Creepshow?
1: Absolutely.
0: Holy fuck! I hate you. <laughs> i'm only i jealous? will bet i will bet money right now that you will like creep show more than gemini man
1: i don't know i really like ang lee i don't give a fuck
0: <laughs> if you like if you like ang lee fucking gemini man bullshit more than creep show i don't know why we do this podcast
1: <laughs> i'm rod Sterling. I would like to invite you to join me for the telling
0: of three stories represented in this gallery by these paintings to be displayed here for the first time. Each is a collector's item in its own way, not because of any special artistic quality, but because each captures on a canvas, suspends in time and space, a frozen moment in a nightmare. My abiding concern, Doctor, and my singular preoccupation is myself. Eleven hours or twelve, fewer or more, it makes no difference. I want to see something. Trees, concrete, buildings,
1: grass, airplanes, colors! Well, anyways, the point I wanted to make is that I like when people, like, experiment. So, like, like when Phantom Thread, it was shot in 35mm, it got blown up to 70mm screenings and it added, like, this cool texture and stuff like that. So, I don't know, I think it's cool to play with, like, formats and whatever. But the problem with the Joker doing that is that it doesn't matter to that movie because it's, like, garbage.
0: Well, it's... it's the Everything about the movie... At some point, they realized that they might have a prestige film instead of just a, you know, comic book movie. So the marketing <laughs> made, like, a total shift. Mm-hmm. Like, now it's like it, they're trying to make it an event. Also because they've... As per usual, Warner Brothers is desperately trying to recreate the lightning in a bottle that was the Dark Knight's release.
1: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, because, like, every ad for the Joker now is, like, how you can't miss it because it is electrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And and then now the other wave of it is that it's too controversial for people to handle it.
1: And it's, like, it's not even as violent as, like, an average episode of Game of Thrones was. (laughs) But it's also, like... People are used to that. Both...
0: Movies it's emulating, I think, would stir more controversy than the Joker itself.
1: Yeah. Like, would. even King
0: of Comedy, I think, would rub people more the wrong way than the Joker, really.
1: Well, especially with the ending, yeah, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. I I, I really think... and I mean, we, we tweeted back and forth about it for a second on Twitter earlier, like... That it's just the way that the big movies are, like, made, and they're kind of the only ones that, like people are allowed to consume because they're the ones that take up, like, the theaters the most, you know? So when Mm -hmm. something even moderately different comes along, people are like, wait, whoa, hold up. You know, like, people want different. I'm not even trying to be, like, like trying to diminish audiences or viewers. I'm just saying, like, people want different. And when they finally get it, like, even the slightest sliver of it, it's refreshing. Yeah. It wasn't for me, because I've seen The King of Comedy yeah. and Taxi Driver, but, you know, I get it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but also,
0: I think there's a weird thing happening right now where to me, this the past year has convinced me that, aud- you are right, audiences are desperate for variety. But the problem is that you can only do so much variety that the audience will take, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you can't like fifty-two movies a year might be the limit, you know. Uh
1: huh.
0: And I think what we're seeing is there's a big problem here because, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was like a huge hit, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I feel like The Irishman would be a huge hit, even. But Netflix is fucking up the release, you know. Yeah. Uh, I just think that we're we're at this age where I think we might we might just see theaters kind of roll back to you know, where there's a movie theater and it literally is playing one movie on the weekend. (laughs) I think that's where we're heading. The problem is all the multiplexes aren't invested in that future, so they don't want to, you know, pivot towards it. And then streaming just wants to absorb everything. (laughs) So, because I think there's a theater in my house that it just opened and it's only five theaters. And I think that's a fine model, you know? Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the limit in the future. I don't know, I feel like there's you know as bad as things are i'm I'm getting this sense of like the wave rolling back, you know
1: you know doing these retrospectives with you and hearing your take on this like so often i I can see your optimism like it's it's improved over the course of the last couple of years, which is nice,
0: I just think that it's but it's this thing of Hollywood has to find a new way to make it work, and they don't want to that's the weird thing. They're not, they're not incentivized like they were in the past to find a new path. Instead, they're just like, oh, streaming is the new gold. And that's what they're all pivoting to, and hopefully that will implode.
1: Oh, no, it's, it's going to. People, other brands are going to recognize very quickly that, like, oh, we can't support, like, creating entire productions like this. How did Netflix do it? And then Netflix will be drowning, like, in the corner of debt. Like, whatever they, system they got working, it's going to keep working for them. It's so weird. Um, but here, here's what you need to do to keep theaters alive: play The Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance every weekend on the big screen, all ten episodes. There you go. Just do it.
0: It's the best show of the decade. Wouldn't that be that? Honestly, like I know that's kind of a joke, but wouldn't that be interesting if what we if like serials came back, where every week you'd go to the theater and it'd be a new movie? But before that you would get one new episode of Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. <laughs> so you have to go every week to follow the story.
1: You're going to hate me for saying this, but I think I hate you more for putting that out in the world. Because I see the Marvel movies becoming that.
0: Um, yeah, no, I can see that, but I don't think Marvel has that hook that you need. <laughs> Frankly.
1: Do you really think that they're going to flounder?
0: Um... I don't know if flounder, so? but I think we're still. I think the jury is still out. Frankly, I, I think uh, what they do in the next year is really going to determine it. The real thing is that they're now pivoting to streaming with uh, Disney Plus, and that could that could be the future. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we could be like. We might end up in a world where the Star Wars films are going straight to Disney+. Plus. Uh. I mean, that just, that just could be what it is, but who knows? I don't know. I really don't. Um, but I feel like if Marvel pulls back a little, because Marvel doesn't seem to be increasing the m- number of movies they're making. They're just now splitting it between theaters and streaming. And that could just that leaves room for stuff to fill that. That's the the problem is that Marvel really hasn't. It's taken up so much of our lives that it hasn't allowed room for other things. And all the movies that have been trying to replace it have been trying to emulate Marvel. When really the answer is you got to do something different. What that different is, I don't know. But we'll see. But yeah, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance is amazing.
1: Somehow the director of The Incredible Hulk, now you see me, and. Uh... I don't know, some other generic action trash that I can't remember. Uh, director Louis Leterrier is a genius, apparently?
0: I guess. Um, I I think it just goes to say that the problem with Now You See Me, which is I think made my list of worst of the decade, um, the problem with it wasn't directing. It was uh, writing and premise and then directing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. That that guy he he surprised me. Although right.
0: I, I I stopped in the middle of Dark Crystal for now.
1: Okay, I, well, to, I don't. I won't say anything. I like had to that, take a break because uh... it was
0: ag- it was like it was depressing me. <laughs> it
1: it's aggravating, right? Yeah, it's
0: aggravating, and I I also made the mistake of I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion for the first time, <laughs> which is like I mean there's a uh, there's a before and after with that as uh, i will just say oh Um, oh no i've been walking around in this world in the after of completing end of evangelion which was an amazing experience and i deeply regret doing it
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i shouldn't watch it no
0: you totally should it's amazing I tweeted about this, you know, like, people will come up to me and be like, you gotta watch this thing, it's the greatest thing ever. And, you, like, your friends, they all say that about everything. Yeah. As I just said about Creepshow earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you've been saying and, that for a while, so that one I will actually watch.
0: Yeah, but, but the, the thing is, like, even Creepshow, which I love, it's not the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it's just, like, great. And you'll you will like it. You'll love it. But every now and then there's that one thing where everyone's like, you should watch it, it's great. And you're like, yeah, I'll get around to it eventually. And then you do and you regret not watching it earlier. That was what Neon Genesis Evangelion was.
1: See, because right now, it's weird. No one told me to rush out and watch the original Dark Crystal movie. I just did it because I was like, I like puppets and stuff. That's cool. And I like Jim Henson. And I was like, yeah, I'm up early, whatever. The sun's barely out. And then I went out into the world with, like, wide-eyed wonder. (laughs) And just, like, it changed my life and then that that night 11:59 p.m. pst the dark crystal age of resistance hit netflix and i was like i know what the fuck i'm doing and it was just the best but no one no one told me to watch it like right away people were like yeah it might it might be for you it might not and it is just it's the most diego <laughs> it is the most What's diego the, thing ever you
0: had to watch it so you could be um the apostle of it
1: I guess so. It, it
0: was meant for you to be the apostle of.
1: Yeah, I'll I'll get a dark crystal tattoo. I don't care. Did the apostles have tattoos?
0: I, I who who gives a shit. <laughs> but see, so you're the apostle of dark crystal, Age of Resistance. I'm the apostle of Shiran, the princesses of power.
1: <laughs> That's right. And, I gotta watch that.
0: And the people that weirded you out in high school are the apostles of the Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> And unfortunately, no, you know unfortunately, they were right.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? God, God bless my, my high school friends that were all into Neon Genesis Evangelion, who I'm still close friends with. Um, they never stopped recommending it. To no, me. no,
0: it's I'm friends with so... those people too. But I was like, they recommend, you know, it's like, oh, anime, ugh. <laughs> There's so many, and they're like, you just look at it, and you're like, I'm not watching this. <laughs> I can't keep respecting myself and watching this, and it just pisses me off that they were so right about Neon Genesis Evangelion.
1: Oh, God. I don't know what anime it was. I could not tell you for the life of me, but uh, I remember one time, I went I went to Anime Expo like twice in LA, right? Mm. And one of the times I was hanging out with my friends after getting food, and they're like, yeah, let's watch something while we're waiting. And so they put on some anime, and I, I did like to, I don't know what was going on, but it, I thought it was like Seinfeld, like a day in the life kind of show. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So I was like, oh, is this like like Seinfeld or like (laughs) what what what, what's going on here? And then like I shit you not, thirty seconds later, they're battling like interdimensional space demons. (laughs) And then, like the like half the the main cast that's established in the episode is just brutally murdered on screen, and I oh, was wow. like, "What? What is happening?"
0: That actually sounds so, fantastic. Uh, whatever that was.
1: Oh yeah. So me and anime and I have a a love hate relationship.
0: Yes, I think sure. that's that's a lot of us.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, but not the night gallery. That no. I just have a. We're
0: completely eh. indifferent to night gallery.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm like, it's really cool to see Spielberg think he could do European art house <laughs> on a, on NBC, but you know, not, not. Oh, and a great Joan Crawford performance, just fantastic. Oh, yeah. But
0: man, Ro- Rod Ster- Rod Serling was only fifty when he died.
1: God, that's way too young. That's just tragic. He was
0: known as the angry young man of Hollywood.
1: I mean, that's just you, Matt. Hey! Oh no!
0: I I don't want to fill those shoes.
1: No! No! Not! <laughs> not the death part.
0: Yeah, but there's a reason you drop dead at 50 sometimes. <laughs> Hope I'm hoping. All right, I gotta check now. I'm, I'm I'm praying to God it was cancer from all those cigarettes and not like a heart attack.
1: That would be amazing. Just like behind the scenes stuff, like Rod. You the, the cigarettes are already down to the bud. You got to start a new one. He's like, oh, don't tell me twice.
0: Don't tell me. Yeah. let's see oh god he had a minor heart attack and was hospitalized oh. <laughs> Sterling had a well, look, third heart drink, attack you don't
1: smoke your odds are pretty good
0: he had a a second heart attack two weeks later which required open heart surgery and then had a third heart attack during the surgery and died wow um, that's, a, that's how an angry man dies <laughs>
1: I'm sorry for laughing, but, like, oh my god.
0: Um, wow. Maybe I should see someone about these chest pains.
1: Yeah, maybe. Just just to be safe.
0: Um, okay. oh my god. Gotta get that Yamaha sports heart. <laughs> it's a Robocop reference. Is it time for that big operation? This may be the most important
1: decision of your life. So come down and talk to one of our qualified surgeons. Here at the Family Heart Center. We feature the complete Jarvik line,
0: Series 7 Sports Heart, by Jensen, Yamaha, you pick the heart, extended warranties, financing, qualifies for health tax credit, and remember, we care. What I was gonna say before I found out that horrible fate that's awaiting me, it's too bad Rod Serling died before he could see the... Uh, rise of anime in the West
1: Do you think Rod Sterling And Hayao Miyazaki would have been Serling. friends? It's Serling,
0: it's Sterling. I keep saying Sterling too, but it's Sterling.
1: Sterling. do you think Rod Sterling And Hayao Miyazaki would have been friends?
0: Oh god That's actually a real difficult one <laughs> It's hard to believe Miyazaki has any friends, frankly Yeah <laughs> Miyazaki seems like the guy like you might like him, but you you know, you don't want him around that often.
1: Well he seems like a guy who's like like a coworker who's really great at his job. And you could even work with you'll butt heads, but you know, passionate and uh
0: But he's the boss that everyone is trying to satisfy.
1: Yeah. Not exactly wanna go for a beer after.
0: There was some one of the movies there's a behind the scenes video of him like making food for all his staff. Oh, that's nice. As, like, a reward for all of them working so hard. Which, uh, hey, you know, we might re-examine some of his methods in the age where we're re-examining, uh, Crunch. Although, to be honest, he's, like, the one example of Crunch where, like, it it really is kind of about passion and not trying to meet corporate deadlines. <laughs> not that that makes it any better, but, you know.
1: Well, look, he sent, didn't he send a sword to Harvey Weinstein?
0: He sent a sword to Harvey Weinstein, he had to tell him not to edit any more of, uh... Um, princess mononoke
1: yeah so you know people are complicated but that's a heck of a win in my book
0: did you see the uh, quote from uh bong Joon ho that's been going around
1: oh because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will probably just all be in the episode because this is kind of a yeah this is a, a, uh, a floating
0: one. thoughts and shit
1: yeah <laughs> but uh there's a great quote i'll put it up here for the youtube viewers but where uh bong Joon ho director of films like mother snowpiercer Memories of Murder, Okja, and uh, and many more. Um, Bong
0: was making uh, Snowpiercer, which was produced by Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein wanted him to cut tw- twenty five minutes, and like he had to fight over literally everything. So here's a quote from an article about that production. Bong was at a loss. Cutting twenty five minutes felt like taking out a major organ. Without the dialogue, the movie became incoherent. Character motivation made no sense. That day, he managed to save one scene. The moment when a train guard guts a fish in front of all in front of the rebels as a show of intimidation. Bong and the cinem- cinematographer loved that shot. Harvey hated it. Why fish? We need action. Bong remembers, I had a headache in that I had a headache in that moment. What do I do? So suddenly I said, "Harvey, this shot means something to me." "Oh, oh Bong, what?" Bong as Harvey booms. It's something personal, Bong replies. My father was a fisherman. I'm dedicating this shot to my father. Weinstein relents immediately. You should have said something earlier, Bong. Family is the most important. You have the shot. I said thank you, Bong says, laughing. It was a fucking lie. My father was not a fisherman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Hashtag Bonghive.
0: Um, where the I'm really fuck? Where the fuck is Parasite playing? Jesus Christ!
1: Uh, it's actually playing in like two theaters in LA.
0: Good lord, you should you you should go see it. Just I might to,
1: double feature it with Gemini Man
0: just to mock me. <laughs> I can't see it right now, and I really want look, to look.
1: I don't. This is how I know that I just I, I it totally makes sense why I didn't have a lot of friends as kid as a kid because. I'm genuinely, like, excited for Gemini Man. Like, that looks like a movie that I will enjoy. And I'm a little confused as to why people are so against it.
0: You know why you'll probably enjoy it, and you know why it's not getting good reviews? I think it's because it's a script from the 90s.
1: Yeah, one of the Jerry Bruckheimer production ones, right? Yeah, they've,
0: they've been trying to get it made since the 90s, so it's a 90s action movie dropping in the middle of the 2010s. <laughs> that's
1: so and perfect.
0: I think that's right up your alley and it's also a genre we rightfully left behind. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's that that seems to be the case in my opinion. I like how though it was written though that like it's an older clone versus his younger clone so they could cast two different actors and then we got to the age where you can just have the actor play both characters. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, you know, that's I, Ang Lee, he's a dude who just likes experimenting with, like, digital film. Yeah, you know, like when he I, made... That's uh, why I really appreciate him.
0: Like, with uh Billy whatever's halftime whatever.
1: <laughs> Billy Lynn's uh, halftime walk.
0: Yeah. A real transformative film. Not a... Uh, and... Not... and...
1: Not a fan.
0: (laughs) And Life of Pi, which everyone lied to me and said was good.
1: No, Life of Pi is good.
0: You know who almost directed Life of Pi? You're
1: going to say, like, Michael Mann or some shit again.
0: No, no. I don't know how you're going to feel about this one, honestly. M. Night Shyamalan. (sighs) They really wanted him to do it. He was being uh, groomed for it, and then I believe... He either went to do the last Airbender or After Earth.
1: I don't hate After Earth. I, I'm not a fan, but I don't. I don't hate it.
0: I, I also. I don't really remember After Earth. Uh
1: I I still wouldn't recommend it, but I, I definitely I have no harsh feelings towards it. But like, I don't know, man. I I kind of feel like Shyamalan's one of those dudes who maybe his wheelhouse is under 50 million (laughs) dollars.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. I think that might be the case.
1: Yeah. Or maybe he just jumped to the blockbuster stuff sooner than he should have. I don't know. Everyone's different.
0: Um, But I also, uh, I just watched a video about The Last Airbender. And, you know, even for him, the decisions in that movie are baffling. That's a movie that it really is kind of the train wreck everyone says it is. There isn't even like a hidden something to it that I think all of M. Night's films even the ones I don't like all have some like real like thing you can latch on to and be like oh that was kind of cool like it's totally missing in Last Airbender and then also it's directed in like like someone who's never made a film before (laughs) which is not the case with M. Night which makes it even weirder what's going on with that guy
1: (laughs) I don't know but I really loved his last three
0: um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't get what anyone's talking about with Glass.
1: I'm I'm sorry. It's I, I, not, it's, maybe it's just not for you.
0: I don't get how everyone watched that and was like, "Good movie."
1: Well, no, that was very much not the case. I don't know how you could say that.
0: Um, yeah, I'm talking about the people I interact with, not critics. Okay. Because <laughs> like everyone seems to really like it, and I'm I'm completely at a loss.
1: Well, actually, you know what? Mark Kermode, I think, liked it, right?
0: Yeah, but well, he's but he's kind of been like a Shyamalan. Like, he, he's one of those guys who's always been rooting for Shyamalan, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I like I like Mark Kermode.
1: Yeah, I, I don't like the the bigger critics. I think he's probably like my go to just to hear, even yeah. if I don't like agree with him, because you know,
0: well, I always have you know. There's like those five critics you go to that like even if you disagree with them from time to time, you just you want to get their opinions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I Man. mean that's I mean that's a real big difference I think between like people who actually understand what film criticism's about and people who just want to hear their opinions echoed on YouTube and validated.
0: Yes. I think that yeah, there's a big, big difference.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that needs needs help, frankly. Oh my god, I fucking I went back to my hometown a couple of weeks back and goddamn the amount of people that were talking about rotten tomatoes made me nervous particularly how they trust the audience scores more than the the critic scores.
1: I think that site needs to like end.
0: I, I I don't even want to blame the site, you know, it's the we have a very poorly educated country when it comes to film.
1: Well, the arts as a whole, honestly, you know. I mean, like how many like generic how many generic like sitcoms do like episodes or moments where they like someone goes to like an art show and then, like, the joke is that, like, the painting or something's about nothing, but everyone else sees something in it, except for, like, the main character, and he's the one who's, like, aware of a situation or whatever.
0: You know it's the only show that's ever done that right?
1: Malcolm in the Middle. No.
0: Maybe. I don't know.
1: <laughs> There's one with, with music that's really good, but go ahead. Columbo. What? There's an
0: episode where he goes to a modern art gallery and is confused by all of it. And I mean, you are meant to laugh at the art too, but you're also kind of laughing at Columbo for not getting it, because then at the end of it, he gets, he's like, "What is this piece called?" And they're like, "How much is that worth?" And he's like, always like, he's impressed by how much. It's honestly more a joke about like the money around that art, which is the thing that usually gets ignored, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I think is worth discussing. And then he uh, he mistakes an air conditioner for being part of the art gallery.
1: Oh. Oh, Columbo.
0: Oh, Columbo.
1: We should have just talked about another Columbo episode we, this we, time. we
0: probably should have, but we didn't.
1: Oh, well. Go watch Columbo. Skip my gallery. Maybe
0: I should do a Columbo podcast.
1: I genuinely believe you should.
0: Maybe I should.
1: Oh, okay, but you know what you have to do? And then we'll wrap up this, because this was like... I don't know how we talked this long about it. anything. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> okay, so... You do your Columbo podcast, have a different guest on every episode, except for when they cast uh, the same actor as a Columbo villain or someone else. Then you bring on the previous guest. Oh, who that's appeared a... on
0: that previous episode. That's a great idea, actually.
1: You're welcome.
0: Um, so you're you're already gonna get um, what's his name? Jack Cassidy. Yeah, you're gonna get him. Yeah, we did that episode. And we you. can do that. We, we're, I guess we'll do that episode again just for the fuck of it.
1: Yeah, because it's also just, like, way better than the Night calorie episode. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then we can actually, like, we can straight up talk. We can go in-depth on that episode. I um, mean, yeah, this is a really good idea.
1: Yeah, I'm telling you, write it down. Okay, I don't Someone know. Someone's going to take it after they listen to this. The
0: problem is I don't know enough people to have different guests every time.
1: I feel like I will produce it, and then I could find you guests. <laughs> okay. that's That's my role.
0: There you go. That's actually a good idea.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I got a million of them.
0: All right. I'm glad I got Diego in the corner.
1: Yeah. I feel like I want to no call the... in Night Gallery's corner, though. So we're going to end this now.
0: I'd want to call the podcast just one more thing, but that's got to be the name of a podcast out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, look it up. Make sure it's not taken, but otherwise... <laughs> Matt, thanks for joining me again <laughs> on, on this Technically episode i promise i'll just release an like a legitimate episode back to back with this so it's not hmm. i want to know i want people to listen to this to know that i do appreciate them checking it out but matt where can the people find you
0: i'm at emperor otn one at twitter.com
1: and you can find me at twitter.com as well at the diego crespo the waffle press on youtube soundcloud itunes spotify and check out the patreon where you can find unedited episodes, weird episodes, weird upcoming graphics for episodes, and all this other nonsense. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been Professionally Unprofessional. Uh, you look here, old man. Death is final. Death is it. I think not, Mr. Jeremy. I think there are things stronger than death and more lasting than the grave. The port I think hate is stronger than death, Mr. Jeremy. And I think you're beginning to realize that.
0: Join me for the unveiling at the night gallery. This is a dark day in Hollywood. Absolutely. It's so shiny, but this is a very is dark, a dark day. This is a day for our power. The greatest <laughs> picture of all time was made, and they haven't recognized the, the director. director. Who made it? The shark? Dark it's a matter people. of logic. We Who made the best picture? All right, all right, enough. enough. That's it. Oh. I'm suffering enough. All right, we're uh, suffering No more, with I'm, you. Suffering. I'm suffering. We're suffering Cancel with my day. Right, we're getting drunk. Cancel my week. All right, let's go. We're going, last to, I'm going to, time to Palm Springs on Wednesday. Right. Can what we got
1: nominated
0: for? What? Let's hear only for what?
1: Best picture, best editing, best score, and sound. And
0: that's it. That's it. it? That Screenplay? Not we even did, special effects. Not even special effects. Oh. Oh. This is called commercial backlash. Right. I don't know if anybody knows the word commercial backlash. Yeah, but when a film it. when a film makes a lot of money, people resent it. Everybody they do. everybody loves a winner. Right. But nobody loves a winner. <laughs> right, right.